You are listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 57. This week's artist, Five Finger Death Punch. Out of the heat of Vegas came a new band, fusing the best of groove metal with hard rock at a time experts claimed rock dead. Named after both the Kung Fu movie, The Five Fingers of Death, and the Death Punch used in Kill Bill, they would call themselves Five Finger Death Punch. Among the hardest working bands, they toured constantly, writing songs, lifting up first responders and the military while highlighting a variety of causes including teen suicide and PTSD. They drew a rapid fan base called Knuckleheads. Love them or hate them, they sold over 2 million albums at a time where music is streamed, created 8 studio albums, 4 of them went platinum, the rest gold, 11 number 1 hits on the mainstream rock chart. Their journey was not smooth, they fought against drug and alcohol addiction, several allegations, changing members, public battles, and trolls. But these are a tough bunch that persevered into one of the biggest draws in rock music today. So let's dig deeper into their music with your hosts, Rob Heitman, Jacob Newkirk, and Five Finger Death Punch superfan and Armory veteran, <laughs> Gina Collins. Hey, welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast. We'll rank the Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Five Finger Death Punch songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few drinks in this case. I'm Rob. <laughs> And I'm Jake. I'm Gina. Hey, Gina, welcome to the cast. Thank you so much mm. for having me. I'm so excited. You're our first female member of the co-host, <laughs> so thank you for, for breaking some ground. And Absolutely. <laughs> Happy to do so. <laughs> and this podcast is because of her, right? She yes, suggested this. this was your suggestion. Yeah. It was. I'd like to thank everyone who's been active and joining in on our conversations on Facebook. Can't send a shout out to everybody, but I'd like to send a special call out to Dave Devlin, Christina Jarneau. And Alex Hennon, thank you so much for listening and paying attention. All right, so Gina, when did you first hear the beautiful sounds of Five Finger Death Punch? I would have to say it was probably around 2009-ish. I was in the Army, and I was in Iraq at that time. And so a lot of the guys would be playing this kind of music. Okay. So what were you excited about it? Do you like it, or are you just, oh, they're playing it, so I'm just going to... <laughs> I think it was a little bit of both for me. I was into country and pop at the time, but, you know, going through a lot of the feelings that you're going while you're over there, there's a lot of anger and a lot of aggression. And sure. especially during that time, I was going through a very difficult moment. I found out that my husband was cheating on me and I was really, really angry at that time. So... When the guys would play it, I'd be like, who's this? Well, this is Five Finger Death Punch. And I just became a fan because I was really angry and I needed something to spit out that anger with. <laughs> yeah, they're very good for that sort of thing. <laughs> Jake? It's a band that I had seen around. Like, you know, it's you see the name come up. I remember paying attention a little bit to it, but it didn't really grab me much. Every once in a while, I'd kind of revisit them and check them out and be like, oh, there's a song on YouTube or something. Like, oh, that's, that's pretty decent. But I would try and get into them and I just had a, a hard time. It's good. You can't deny they're selling albums like crazy every time an album comes out it's right there at the top of the chart so as far as metal is concerned i mean there's a reason why they're they're at the top of the list right now and there's not a bands. lot of metal bands that have had that level of success totally. especially no, yeah. starting in the mid-2000s it's not like they started mm -hmm. in the 90s or 80s like metallica or megadeth or slayer or all those bands that are yeah still, for modern you know. metal for sure they're kind of at the top of that list for me believe it or not Gina is the reason I found Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> but that said, I've always been a big metalhead myself. So when you suggested it, I was like, hmm. And then when it won, because we vote, Gina was the one who brought this forward on our Facebook page. Then we voted for a metal band to do. We had about 
six or seven of them. And there was a tie for first with Pantera and Five Finger Death Punch. So we're, we did both of them. So I was like, uh-oh, I better start listening to Five Figure Death Punch. <laughs> I saw a video that really, they're a very good video band. Yes. One was just my frustrations all in one song that I saw. And I said, I have <laughs> that, any band that stands for the values that they're, they're portraying in this video, mm. I have to at least mm. try and support. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening and I found myself really falling in love with the band. Yeah. So that's how I started. Jake, anything you learned about Five Figure Death Punch that surprised you during this process? Yeah. The singer Ivan Moody was in a band called Motograder, which I listened to a little bit in like the late 90s. They were kind of known for it. They invented some weird instrument, I remember, and they like painted themselves. And there was a song that I just remember the single that was out at the time. So as I was digging into this, I realized, connected the two. I was like, oh, that's that guy. He's like, you know, almost a decade later in a new band. And now having known that, I could hear in the songs, that voice that kind of reminded me of the the singles from that album. I think that was my big aha moment. Okay, for me, my biggest thing was Zoltan. And it's not Zoltan, mm. the band member. Obviously, he was in UPO. And he actually he actually played bass for UPO. Oh, I didn't even know. Even though he was a guitar player. Uh, he played bass for them. And he's like, ah, I'm just a guitar player. Let me go back and find my own band. He's great. And that's where he started it. Mm. But it's not the guitar playing that surprised me about Zoltan. You hear the music. He's one of the main writers. Mm-hmm. You understand that he's got talent there. But he owns and drives a monster truck. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. called Knucklehead 5. And he actually has his signature dreads on the roof of his monster <laughs> truck. Uh, he drives in rally circuits. Huh. And he's an actively competing martial artist. In fact, yesterday... He finished second place in the world competition for jujitsu. Man, he's getting it done. That was yesterday, three weeks ago for everybody listening. <laughs> I knew none of this. Wow. And he's uh, also one of the few civilians certified by the U.S. Army as an oh. L1 Modern Army Combatives Instructor for oh. close quarter combat. So that's really cool to me. Yeah. And a Navy SEAL Team 6 member, Clint Emerson, listed him as one of the most dangerous men wow. in the world. So there you go. What? I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, he was trained by the Gracie family uh, uh, yeah. of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's married to a Gracie. Yeah, the daughter of the, the, mm-hmm. the big sensei. Yeah. Wow, I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. I was reading the Death Punched by Jeremy Spencer, the drummer, and he was talking about Ivan squaring off at Zoltan. I'm like, <laughs> Ivan, you're a tough dude, but Zoltan yeah. could just destroy you. <laughs> Gina, what did you learn? Well, I learned that Jason Hook was a touring guitarist for Hillary Duff mm-hmm. <laughs> and that he was on an episode of My Cat from Hell on Animal Planet. <laughs> so the story with, with this episode is that um, he had two cats with his girlfriend. They decided to separate for a while. She took the cats. He got lonely, so he got two cats from a rescue shelter. When she moved back in and brought the cats, they were fighting all the time to the point where they had to separate the cats. It was to the point where they were like, if we can't get this working, then maybe we shouldn't be together anymore. (laughs) My goodness. Yeah, it's hard when you have animals in the discussion. (laughs) I learned about Jason Huck from the Hired Gun show. Oh, yeah. There was some, uh, like, a documentary. Yeah, documentary with Hired Gun. He was in that? Yeah, he was in oh, that. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, he was one of the people behind it, actually. Mm. It talked about him playing with one. Alice Cooper and Hilary Duff. And he was in Five Finger Death Punch when the Hired Gun uh, came out. series came out. So it's on Amazon Prime. 
check it out. It's called Hired Gun. Really worthwhile. And it's about all of the people you never hear about in music. The, all the studio musicians. Today we're drinking two things. Well, we're going to start with Gina brought us something. It's called Midnight Moon Moonshine. The apple pie flavor. And I have not tasted it yet, but I have a poured myself a glass. You both have started drinking it. So what's your <laughs> initial impressions of Midnight Moon Moonshine? <laughs> it's got a really nice little spice to it. It's not bad. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, Christmas time. Little apple cinnamon, apple cider. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm drinking the other thing we're drinking today. Since we're talking about Five for Your Death Bunch, I'm thinking punching. I'm thinking UFC. I'm thinking <laughs> Conor McGregor. So I'm drinking Tropic 12 at the moment, which is one of my favorite everyday drinking Irish whiskeys. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. It's something you can drink neat, something you can drink on ice. Any way you want to drink it, you can drink it. And you have a nice uh, economy size bottle there. Yes, I do. I have the big uh, 1.75 liter bottle. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs we will share under 20 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight. And then we may do a second clip. We've made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to our list in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to Five Figure Death Punch. We've also created a current episode Dirty Dozen podcast playlist which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. The way this works is we will count down the songs from 12 to 1 for our official Dirty Dozen, which is calculated from each of our individual lists. Before we get going with the lists, we'll each discuss a song that wouldn't be in our top 12, but we like to discuss. We call this our song of note. So let's get this moving. Jake, what is your song of note, my friend? And of course, this is one that you probably won't be able to find on any streaming service. Am I right? Yeah, I had to uh, go on YouTube, I think. I heard about it and then had to dig deep to find it. Yeah, it's one of those things, as I was listening through the catalog and finding stuff and hearing about the different covers they have, which some are more popular than others and more in your face and some are a little more hidden. And I had read that they did, from out of nowhere, a Faith No More cover. And as you know, we love Faith No More. Jake has been in a Faith No More cover band. Yeah, Faux No More. Faux No More. F-A-U-X. But yeah, what was kind of cool was I was surprised at the big vocal attempt because he actually did it well. It doesn't sound like him. He he really pulled it off because I expected him just to do that kind of the macho throat vocal, maybe put their own spin on it, but he actually sang it all the way through. So it's kind of cool to hear this song get a little bit extra dose of heavy and hear how it sounds reworked like this. Yeah, I was impressed, really. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had had no idea that this song even existed until this week, so it was kind of a treat to hear it yeah my notes i just said marching vibe intro with the guitars playing all the keyboard parts mm-hmm. pretty heavily he, and once again he doesn't quite have the uber highs of sure Patton, Patton's a high reach there but he was really at your point i was shocked at how yeah. good he did mm-hmm. and the drums are aggressive and really good and i said take notes jake because <laughs> i like the way he like jeremy went at it no yeah Really good approach. This Kinda is also on an album for the Avengers Assemble album. Oh. Which is kind of where I found it. Okay. So. Yeah. No, it's on there and it's, it's on, on Amazon. That's a high profile uh, album too. And it's also on Way of the Fist, Iron Fist Edition, which was a re-release in 2010. Yes. Of that. And they're actually going in the studio again for Way of the Fist because they Oh, to redo it, right? That, yeah, because they didn't like... Well, it was done pretty much in their living room <laughs> initially. You wouldn't be able to tell, though. It sounds yeah. really... It sounds good, but it's but they're like, I just wanted to wonder what it would sound like with yeah. professional 
gear and equipment. Sure. So they're going to try and do that. And they're putting out a new album uh, in 2022 as well, which is pretty cool. All right. So let's listen to From Out of Nowhere, Jake's Song of Note off of Way of the Fist, Iron Fist Edition, and Avengers Assemble soundtrack in 2012. Let's listen. That's Jake's song of note from out of yep. nowhere. The double bass, and that's just ridiculous. I mean, Jeremy is just yeah, he, he loves a, a those, to run on those pedals a lot. Yeah, that's kind of part of their sound. All right, Gina, what is your song of note? My song of note is House of the Rising Sun. This song is quite old. It was made famous by the animals, but it actually dates back to the 1930s and possibly even before that. In researching this song, actually, so many people have done covers of this song. It's been on The Voice. It's been on American Idol. Dolly Parton actually did a cover of this song where she was a worker in the brothel. So it's more about a brothel than a casino. Well, she started that movie about brothels. Right, <laughs> right. Best little whorehouse yeah. in Texas. Texas has a whorehouse in it. I really liked the way that they brought a more rock edge to it. Sure, sure. Mm. So let's listen. This is off of The Wrong Side of Heaven and The Righteous Side of Hell, Volume 2, the second album they put out in 2013, House of the Rising Sun. It's another one they kind of made their own. So let's take a listen. Gina's Song of Note. I was just enjoying myself some Jason Hook there. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, some good stuff. All right. So that was Gina's song of note, House of the Rising Sun. Now we're going to jump over to the one that matters, the one you've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe not. But it's my song of note. And my song of note is not a cover song. Okay. <laughs> it's actually off of the Fate album, or F8, as mm. some like to call it in uh, 2020 it's actually a pretty big hit for them at the moment i just didn't see it in my top 12 but it was one of these songs that i really really liked and the name of the song is a little bit off Mm. it's a surprising song for them to play but i really love it basic acoustic and vocal performance in the beginning which i love it's just straight the only thing i can probably do without is they tried to make it sound like it was on an old vinyl album yeah and, the hiss. and they had the hiss in there mm-hmm. i, I mm. didn't quite like that as much but that aside even when the rhythm section comes in it's kind of restrained though they play a little bit more in the chorus this was inspired by the band in their own words <laughs> two years of turmoil when they were dealing with everything that happened from the pandemic to ivan moody had his alcohol addiction and Jeremy Spencer had back problems that forced him to leave the band. Plus, there's also issues interpersonally there. And Jason Hook would leave the band shortly thereafter of recording a Fade album as well. And Chris Keel was also dealing with 
uh, alcohol addiction and drug addiction, and he went through recovery as well. So all of that happened in this little space. And a little bit off, I thought, tied it together. And I like the way that the video is on this one, because it's him walking through Vegas all by himself. Deserted, right? And there's nobody there because it's in the middle of the pandemic. And then he shows like storyboards of what he loved to do in the perfect version of this song. Mm. Right. And he has like. But they can't because yeah. everybody's quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought the video was really creative given the parameters they had to deal with being everybody being quarantined and everything. I thought it was a really creative way to portray the height of the pandemic and the quarantine. Sure. All right. Let's listen to the best Song of note. <laughs> Actually, just my song of note. <laughs> a little bit off, off of fate. Let's take a listen. I'm a little bit off today. Something down inside me's different. Woke up a little off today. I can tell that something's wrong. I'm a little thrown off today. There's something going on inside me. I'm a little bit off today. A little bit off today. I'm a little- I think that song just fits me when I wake up sometimes in the morning. And I just, I know I'm not going to have a good day. And I know the day starts like crap for whatever reason. My kids are yelling at me or whatever it is. This one is just so perfect. And it relates to almost everybody who hears it. Because I don't know that everybody wakes up every morning feeling like the day is wonderful and I'm <laughs> awesome. And sometimes you're just a little bit off. Yeah. It's kind of the, the commentary on just humanity, I guess, is that the struggles of every day. And also it, they do well in kind of bridging people who don't listen to metal or maybe the heavier music. I think they make that sort of accessible in the way that they they have the extreme heavy stuff but there's also this kind of thing where it's just a little bit more so your palate is uh kind of tuned in to, to some of the heaviness and then you appreciate i think all the things they do definitely like you said it's the gateway drug to metal totally right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the their uh, motto here especially with so many of them in rehab i don't know if they like that <laughs> <analogy>. <laughs> all right so we've done the preliminaries we've done the opening round let's just jump into the official dirty dog and we'll start with number 12. This song is off American Capitalist in 2011. This was not on my list. This was not on Jake's list. Oh. This is on Gina's list only. Yes. And it's our number four overall, but it's the number 12 overall in this countdown. Remember everything. So Gina, lead us off on this and tell me why this is an awesome song and why we missed the boat on this. Okay, so... I really like the narrative of this song because it just makes me think of my own family and coming to terms with feeling like a disappointment based on choices that I made. Hmm. And, you know, if I could take away the pain that I caused by some of the mistakes I made, I know I would. Another thing I think that's really noteworthy about this song is that Ivan Moody has refused to ever play the song live again because of the trauma that he endured. As a child, he wrote this song about his family and it's just too painful for him. So there's a YouTube video of a concert they did back in 2012 in Cincinnati. He just broke down crying at the end of the song. He just like went into tears. Jason Hook was right there with him and just gave him this big, huge hug at the end. It's heart wrenching because it reminds you that no matter how big and bad a person is, we all have feelings. Hmm. And the video is just really good, too. So, yeah, and it's. He kind of felt that it would bring him back into challenging his recovery. Right. If he has to keep playing this every night. Yeah. And going through the emotions. Yeah. Exactly. Totally with you. 
I love the arpeggiated chords and the cymbals and the strings in the beginning. It's sort of an emotional ballad for them, mm-hmm. but it really feels authentic to your point. This is something that really means a lot to him. Right. For me, the reason this didn't make my list is it the chorus was a little bit too nickelback for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's catchy and I can totally see the draw. The solo is slow, but it really kind of fits the tune. That's one thing I like about Jason Hook. He's not always trying to be flashy in everything he does. Mm-hmm. He sometimes will tone it down for a specific song. And a lot of people in the metal space will not. Right. So I really mm-hmm. like it. Although it does True. get a little bit more intricate as it moves along and he does his prerequisite flourish at the end, which right. he's super fast at playing guitar. So yes. occasionally <laughs> you just have to kind of like... <laughs> Just so you know. Okay. (laughs) And I'm a sucker for rock ballads, and this is definitely one of them. So most of their ballads definitely made my list. So hopefully (laughs) a couple of them will make this list. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a a quote. We want this video to be more about the lyrics. I think this is Zoltan, by the way. I don't even, I will not do a fake accent for Zoltan. Yeah, I want to hear you try that one. (laughs) Please don't. You can do it. You no, can do a Beavis, and you can do a Southern. I will not, because Zoltan would kick my ass two ways sideways. Anyway, here's the quote. We wanted this video to be more about the lyrics, emotion, and mood of the actual piece, but not about us, and I think it turned out stellar. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I didn't know that much about the background of the song, and probably now I may appreciate it a little bit more, but initially it, it came off as a little too ballady for me. Yeah. I remember this song having some good strings and I think there's a few songs where they, they kind of bring in the, the string section that's real tastefully done. So it's always, it always adds a nice touch. Okay, let's listen to the number 12 song overall. Anywhere, anybody tells you there's a different number 12 song, they are wrong. <laughs> remember everything off American Capitalist. Let's listen. But you left me Hey, that was number 12. Remember everything. That was on Gina's list. Now, the next song is also on Gina's list and not on any of ours. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this is off of the And Justice for None album. This is the number 11 overall, but it's Gina's number two song overall. When the really? Yes. How did you guys not have this one on your list? <laughs> uh. I think this may be a, a testosterone versus... <laughs> <laughs> estrogen uh, battle on this one but that's I think that's probably why but this is number 11 when seasons change off of Injustice for None so Gina lead us off this is your second favorite song of all time by Five Finger Death Punch the reason I love this song so much is because it's about what loyalty looks like in a true friendship there's really not much more to say about it than that it seems pretty self-explanatory listening to the song but I think the video is really important to acknowledge because mm. after doing Absolutely. a little more research on it, it was dedicated to Charleston Hartfield, who was an officer who died shielding others during the Route 91 shooting in Las Vegas. Right. The video highlights a partnership between two police officers who get shot in the line of duty. And it just paints a really beautiful picture of how their friendship progressed from childhood friends to partners on the force. Again, it's another one of those videos that really evoked a lot of emotion out of me. And just listening to the song and thinking about my truest friendships, friendships of people that I have in the military, my brothers and sisters in arms, you know, you have each other's backs no matter what. 
So it, it really speaks to me in that way. It's interesting. Zoltan has a quote, and I'll get to Jake, and I'll get to my notes after that. Um, Zoltan has a quote when talking about the video. He said, instead of giving you a typical quote about the music video, let me give you some data to ponder. Medical malpractice is the third leading cause of death in the USA, right behind heart disease and cancer. Some research says an average of 250,000 people die every year because of medical errors. In contrast, police officers make an average of 50 fatal errors annually. That's 245,950 less. And most of them are due to split-second decisions in high-risk situations. Of course, loss of life is always tragic, but we don't put all medical professionals on blast or call them names or disrespect them or demonize them. Of course not. They're doing their best. And it would be ridiculous and grossly unfair to do the same to police as a whole. So, anyway. Now, given that information, to me, that even brings more meaning for me to this song. Because my mother was a police officer. She was LAPD. Okay. And she died in 1991 due to medical malpractice. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. So I was about 11 years old. So um, given that information, that just makes this song even a little more meaningful to me. Um, I don't have too much to say. I mean, the song itself didn't stand out to me uh, until I saw the video. Then the video kind of makes the song, I think. No, I totally agree. Mm. The video is intense. I like the intro with some acoustic guitar. It's actually a softer ballad, obviously. His deeper voice works well in that sort of style. The chorus is catchy and hummable. I love some of the ambient sounds of the guitar during the turnaround. Slow guitar solo with a little run at the end, but it's a very sort of 80s ballady solo. Anyway, let's listen to number 11, when the seasons change off of And Justice for None. Pain's been stopped during the guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's number 11 when the seasons change. So let's jump to number 10. This is not on Gina's list. Sorry. <laughs> Finally. This is not on my list. <laughs> what? I still don't have anything? Just mine? This right. is on Jake's list. All right, what is it? This is the number 10 <laughs> overall off of Fate. This is Jake's number two overall. Wow. Inside <laughs> Out. So Jake... Take us away, my friend. Yeah, this is one of the ones that really stuck out to me that kept getting really high on my list. And I'm not sure why. I think it, there's something just very attractive to it. But it's Ivan's story, right, about his addiction struggles. But I think more so musically is what, what stuck out to me. I think the the kick drum syncopation and the heavy riffing section I really was attracted to. Yeah, drums are amazing. Yeah, that. gives that it a real cool, like, like, chugging, bobbing feel. That catchy chorus... For the hook and it's just a nice touch with the symphonic sound backing during that solo too i think was a nice little addition yeah i like the straight ahead riff on the intro the verse starts okay but the spoken word 
in mm-hmm. the verse really lifts the verse up for me. There's some singing on the lead in the, into the chorus, which I kind of like, the pre, if you will. I love the rhythm section and the chorus. As I said, drums are amazing. The stop into the bridge with that slow lead line is just fantastic. Uh, the bridge vocal, solid as well. Solo fast from the beginning, repeating notes and sort of ascending as he's building that the solo up. But he's repeating the same notes, but it's moving up and up and up and up. And he's got so much talent. So I love it. Jason Hook is amazing. And I love the different ending of the song that kind of sets the song apart. Mm-hmm. Inside Out is a great tune. Gina? I agree. It's a really good song. It's definitely in my top 20, but it did not make my list. I think lyrically, having been married to someone who is a drug addict, it's hard for me to listen to some of these um songs and this is one of them because to me listening to that it's almost like he's not taking responsibility and he's trying to push it on other people so for me that was why it's not part of my top 12. I get you I totally understand (laughs) Uh, by the way Never read Jeremy Spencer's book. <laughs> I don't <laughs> plan to. <laughs> did you? I read, yeah. It, yeah, you did? Yeah, it was really, his book is mostly about sexual conquest, hmm. drug addiction to the ridiculous extreme. I was hoping to get more of behind the scenes with the band. Of There's the band, some of yeah. that. But it's more like, hey, when I was young, I you know snorted gasoline and got high off the fumes. What and, a dweeb! And, right. and, and went into all. And, but he went like clean, and then he talked yeah. about how he got back into it. It's a sexual conquest book more than anything. Yeah. Zoltan was asked if he would ever write a book, and he said that basically no, he wouldn't unless there was some meaning behind it. If it was inspiring mm. or if there was some kind of purpose behind it. So yeah, there was some drama over the book just because. You know, it made Ivan look a little crazy in it. Right. One of Jeremy's roadies said, man, uh, Ivan pisses me off. Do you want to fight him? And he's driving the car when he's saying this. And Ivan reaches through the window, like reached up and said, what do you say? And he slams his face into the front windshield <laughs> while they're going oh 70 God. miles an hour down the road. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's that sort of dynamic. They got some really aggressive characters in this band. Oh, for yes. sure. For sure. Really tough guys. Yeah, and then throw drugs and alcohol into the mix, sure. and then yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, Death Punched is the name of the book by <laughs> Jeremy. Everyone's got a book. Everybody got a book. <laughs> All right, so let's listen to Inside Out, Off of Fate, the number ten song overall. Okay, that was Inside Out. Yeah. And I just want to talk about one lyric in that song that really stands out to me. When he says, you don't know the difference between violence and pain. I think that's an amazing lyrical Mm -hmm. line. Uh, it's amazing what they come mm. up with sometimes. So uh, that one just like stood out to me. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's a great line. The strings are really strong in that song too. I really like the strings. Yep. It's really a good tune. Even though Jake picked it. <laughs> <laughs> my number two, man. What is it? <laughs> number, number 10? 10. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's move to number nine. And actually, it's not just a solo. Everybody, just two people have this one. <laughs> it's amazing. This is off of the Wrong Side of Heaven album, volume one, 
And Gina, you do not have this on your list. Okay. Which means Jake and I have this on our list. Is it list. the Rob Halford tune? This is <laughs> my number eight, and this is your number nine. Oh, we're so close. Jake, you nailed the number, by the way. Yeah, I did. This is the Rob Halford tune. <laughs> Lift me up. So, this- Jake. Oh, go ahead. You want to go back? Yeah, do it. This one would have been my number 12. It was actually <laughs> supposed to be my number 12, but at the last minute, I swapped it. So. Wrong. You yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Should have gone with the first instinct. <laughs> I guess I had the highest one. So go ahead. You off. do it. I like how they lift the opening chord progression with the main riff as it kind of joins in top. I sort of get an Ozzy Osbourne Ultimate Sin sort of vibe in the, the vocal melody in the beginning of the first verse, but it disappears after that. I love the return to spoken words into the pre. The double bass in the chorus is sick. I just mm. I just love yes, it. Yes, that's my favorite part. And the vocal line is solid. The chorus is really catchy. And Halford's voice fits in so well. Love that Ivan doubles him in the screamy parts to kind of fatten that up into a growl, which Halford does not do as well. Halford's highs are just so much better than anything that any of the other people do. The solo short... But he's really melodic and fast throughout. It's it's really solid. So, Jake, why don't you go from there? Yeah, I really dug this one. Initially, this track really stood out to me right out of the gates. Like you said, Halford fits this song perfectly great. Like, his parts rip. I'm not the biggest Judas Priest fan, but I do like them. And I think Halford has some of the most impressive vocals. He's the metal god, right? Sure. We even, at my house, we have a, a beta fish named after, I named him Rob Halford. So, <laughs> he's super colorful and gay. <laughs> but but you can't name him like Liberace. Right. No, no. I get it, I get it. And Rob Halford's a, yeah. a badass in, yeah. in, his, in his gayness. Yeah. Fine. So, this, this song, yeah. Th- there's something about this song that really just stood out to me. And I, maybe it's because I saw Halford's name on there. And you got to give it respect but it's a really good tune and evidently rob is just the nicest guy too this is here's this quote this is ivan he said i was just in awe it was fucking amazing he just comes into the studio he's recording the track and it's so surreal at this moment he walked out at a true story i went to shake his hand and he gave me this biggest hug and i was trembling man <laughs> halford is the most humble down-to-earth grounded human being i think i ever met that's awesome. So I uh, thought he was gonna French kiss him. <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, Ivan would have given them the opening, I'm sure <laughs> who wouldn't who wouldn't let Halford who wouldn't let Halford give you a big old sloppy kiss? Oh my god! What's great it, about him too is as long as it ended there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a hard stop. But what's great? No pun intended. He uh, oh, he champions like a lot of these like up and coming bands. You could tell he's just a super fan of just metal. Sure. Um, and he's just, he's a peer among these people, even though he's, you know, notches above them. As I said, I couldn't imagine having Rob Halford in this room. Totally. I would completely yeah. lose my mind. But he's the <laughs> kind of guy like that probably boy. would. Yeah. If you would, like the stars aligned, he would probably yeah. do it. No, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's listen to Lift Me Up, the number nine song overall from The Wrong Side of Heaven and The Righteous Side of Hell, volume one. Let's take a listen. Let's lift me up off of the wrong side of heaven, right side of hell. Volume one, the number nine song overall. 
So we're going to run to number eight. Once again, two people had this on their list. Gina, no dice this one again. Again? <laughs> Goodness. Okay. <laughs> All right. This was Jake's number 12. This was my number five and the number mm. eight overall off of my favorite album since uh, we were passing the vinyl around before. Yeah. War is the answer. The title track off that album, War is the answer. What was the question? <laughs> is war going to happen? I said, war is the answer. If you ask the politicians, then you're going to have war is the answer. Uh, I like the main riff into the scream. I especially like the flourish right before the vocal start. Ivan's attack is so strong on this, but really, really clear. I think maybe they up the reverb on his voice in this. I kind of yeah, like it. Right. I love the change in the riffs as they hit the chorus. Do you take me for a fool? And they go, war is the answer. And that, that's just, just so singable. The distorted long bends and the spoken word works good. My favorite line is, I slapped you so f***ing hard, it'll feel like you kissed a freight train. <laughs> yes, I like that line too. <laughs> Several times during the recording, Zoltan said they had to stop Ivan from hitting the wall when he was singing this because he was so into the lyrics. He was hitting the wall and hitting the wall and it kept coming up on the, in the mix. Yeah. In the mix. And he's like, no, dude, don't hit the wall. Should have put a straight jacket on. Sometimes I think that's probably. <laughs> and there's no question he lives and breathes the emotions he's singing in the song. Mm. Absolutely. Jake, go ahead. Yeah, I think there's, it's just more of those really angry dude lyrics. I love the aggression all over this one. Very cathartic. Sure. Uh, we've kind of mentioned really tasty solo. It's just a great metal song and definitely not a radio hit. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I think I ranked it solo only because of the lyrics and kind of the tough guy rant. Sure. But the song itself is really good. I feel like it is one of their top albums. I, In my opinion, it would probably be their best album. Hmm. War is the answer... Even though it didn't make my top 12 or even my top 20. <laughs> I do like the tone. You're wrong. <laughs> I do like the tone. I like what it stands for, obviously, as a prior soldier, a veteran. When you're in the service and people are telling you things like, you know, why are you fighting for whatever? Like, this country doesn't deserve you or this fight is not worth it hearing this song makes you really kind of backtrack and be like you know what screw you <laughs> mm -hmm. okay let's listen to war is the answer off of war is the answer paraphrased by war is the answer <laughs> and war is the answer war is the answer war is the answer That's all it. right so let's listen to the number eight song overall war is the answer let's listen I like the spoken word as they go into the solo there. It almost takes away from the solo because it's so good. It does. That was number eight, War is the Answer. Now let's move on to number seven, which is two people had on their list. And Gina, you had it on your list as one. Yay. <laughs> and Jake, you had it on your list oh, as one. I did. One. All, right. All right. And I left it out correctly, but maybe you can change <laughs> my mind. Right, this is off of the best 
album ever by Five Finger Death Punch. And it's actually the lead track on that album is Dying Breed. And uh, this is Jake's number five. And Gina's number nine. And the number seven song overall. So, Jake, you have the lowest. So take the lead, my friend. Yeah, this one, I remember there's kind of a slipknotty feel to the song right off the bat. But not in a bad way. I think a really great intro song for an album. Because this is like the, like I said, leading track. Yep, yep, yep. Um, And probably my favorite album of theirs, I think like we both mentioned. It's the usual formula of the heavy verse into the melodic chorus that they kind of do often. A killer breakdown and then into that very catchable and singable guitar solo that I think is really stand out. Really good musically. Lyrically, again, I definitely don't want to turn your show into something political. So I don't want to say too much on this, but I will say. Feel free. It's going to happen. Based on this band. Big element, right? Of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I feel this song speaks to the current political state of our country, and when I listen to it, it just kind of gives me a sense of pride to be part of what they refer to as the quote "dying breed." I feel like this song is kind of an anthem for freedom in times we're living in now. Mm. Amen. I like the fast start and then the dead stop that they do. I, every time a band can pull off a dead stop, yeah, and, feels good. And we start, it's just so good because yeah. I know that they're tight. The spoken word offset in the main vocal line and the verse is great. The chorus fits so well. I like the offset singing uh, in the chorus after the scream and spoken in the verse. The solo, as you said, so tasty. Mm. Really like Jason Hook's playing. Starts slow, wailing, and there's some like slight stereo stuff happening in the beginning there and Zoltan carries that rhythm and then Jason hits that bend and a fast arpeggio right into the very melodic guitar solo throwing fast runs here and there and I love that last run Hook's always great at this he'll just like and I'll just really nail it in this is the first song on War is the Answer this is the last song recorded on that album Zoltan said, we originally had it down as a bonus track, but it was being worked on right at the end. But when we finished it, I'm like, this has to go on the album. Track one. Hmm. (laughs) And that's how it ended up being track one. So Dying Breed, the number seven song overall. Let's take a listen. I love that breakdown. Okay, I I could be wrong. Such a good part. This this is maybe a mistake I made. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this song. It's not quite as good as Black Vatican off the Throwdown album, which is a really solid solid song. But (laughs) I've been watching my uh, Spotify activity. (laughs) I just happened to look up and I was like, uh, "Wait, wait, Throwdown is the album. Black Vatican is the song (laughs) by Throwdown." You weren't listening to Five Finger Today Death I was not. I was cleansing, <laughs> I was cleansing my palate. I wanted to listen to everything else but this band so that I could come in near no, fresh. No, no, no. I totally will. <laughs> uh, all right. That was number seven, <laughs> Dying Breed off of War is the Answer. Let's move to number six by two people again. Mm-hmm. This is my number nine. Gina didn't have it on her list. Oh. Ah, again. But okay. Jake had it high on his list off of War is the Answer. The number three yeah. song by Jake, 
This is my number nine. This is number six overall, which is right in the middle. Man, burn it down. We're all over the place. War is the answer. So, Jake, lead us off. This is your baby. Some baby. great riff work in this. Absolutely. Huh? Yep. Really catchy guitar riff, headbanging groove all throughout and this And the drums. Line. The freaking intro are amazing. Yeah. yeah. More angry dude lyrics. <laughs> I like that he doesn't do the played out standard melodic chorus formula for this one because that is their typical go-to for like the structure for a song. Yep. So this one kind of was a little bit outside of that. Yeah, instead the melody element kind of comes from the nice long guitar solo sections. It's refreshing. He does this repeating phrase on the guitar and then it just starts to explode and then the fast runs. Mm. It's one of his better done solos, to your point. I really like that guitar solo. I think it's just really well done. The whole instrumental part is just really nicely mixed together. Mm. Like I said, everything kind of pointed towards the solo. Definitely. So uh, something about the snare, like the ping of the snare in this song really stood out to me. It just sounds real. It cuts through. Okay. This is Burn It Down (laughs) off of War is the Answer. The number six song overall. We're halfway home, people. Okay, that was Burn It Down, number six. They should call this, themselves Six Finger Death Punch. Why is that? Why? I don't know. I just heard you say number six and thought it'd be a little different. Made me think of the Princess Bride and the Six Fingered Man. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Hello. My name is Geneva Montoya. You killed my father, prepare, prepare to, to die. die. <laughs> <laughs> Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Oh, great oh, movie. See? <laughs> Well, this spot has been sponsored you by Fox <laughs> Home Movies. <laughs> Watch Princess Bride today. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're not sponsoring us. I wish they did. If they do, please send us money, Fox. Please. Also available on Disney Plus. Yeah, I guess that's Disney now. Yeah. Right? Fox is Disney. All right. So let's move to number five. Two people had these on their list. It's on my list. It's on Jake's list. Are it's you not serious? On Jake's list. No. Oh my gosh, you guys are killing me. This is on the Fate album. This okay, that makes sense because I didn't put any of the songs on Fate for me. Not having enough time to really appreciate those songs as long as I have appreciated the other songs on their other albums, I just didn't feel like it was fair. So those songs did not make my list. No, that's fair. Now this song, this was my number ten, but this was Jake's. Number one. Number one song. Wow. Living the dream. Jake, lead us off and I will wrap it up. As much as War's Answer is kind of maybe my more favorite album, this Fate one, my top two are from this album and obviously Living the Dream. There's something about this song that kept creeping up my list. I think it's about that low, down-tuned, heavy guitar riff that's present throughout the whole song. Their lyrics don't stick with me as much, but there there is that really catchy chorus, and I think it's just a really well-assembled song, and a great drumming section going into the, the solo. Yeah, I really like the whole message of this song. He talks about the all the superheroes at the beginning. You know, obviously the video is just such a really awesome video. Got really such a sci-fi horror vibe to it, but I also feel like you can't get more realistic from what's going on in the world right now. You know, truth is stranger than fiction, right? <laughs> hmm. I get it. When I first saw this video, I was in shock with the balls of the band. Yes. 
The growling bass and the baritone guitars are so deep and so good. The wah of the guitar and the chorus is a really cool vibe. I love the drums right before the guitar solo comes in underneath it. But here's what I'm going to say. As political as I'm going to get, I'm going to read Zoltan's post on Facebook. This is a little bit longer, but I feel like we need to read it all. As much as some quote-unquote news site used anti-mask as a clickbait title, parentheses, and I must applaud the capitalist in them, or I myself may be a hypocrite. I want to make this crystal clear. It's a fictional story. Amongst the shopping cart zombies, the Tide Pod eating fat superhero, <laughs> and all the other metaphors, why would anyone think the mask scene isn't one? The mask segments are about hypocrisy on the highest level. When the rules are made for you, but those who made them are exempt. Pretty much the standard in all dictatorships and totalitarian regimes. I have had the displeasure in growing up in one, hence the reference. So no, the scene in question is not about the masks. It's not an anti-mask message. In fact, you can go to fivefiguredeathpunch.com right now and buy some really cool masks. <laughs> Just as I prefaced it, we are artists. We have a unique opportunity to portray and ridicule the absurd to prevent it becoming reality. If I must explain, the whole video is in this framework of fiction, a dystopian nightmare of one of our founding fathers right before he signs the Constitution. I often say, ask us, the immigrants, the Cubans, the Venezuelans, the North Koreans, anyone from the former Soviet bloc, talk to us and we will tell you, we were lucky because we had a place to escape to. We are fortunate because we could come here. If America is gone, where will you go? We immigrants also remember how freedom slipped away, how our rights were ripped from us, how we were kept under the thumb and in the fear of our own government. So maybe, just maybe, we have a valuable experience that we can tell you about. We can forewarn you about the things we have seen before. So we the people must do everything in our power to stay free as a society. We must prevent the rise of tyranny in all shapes and all forms. We must also resist the would-be dictators of a totalitarian ideals. This is what the founding fathers worried about and we're trying to prevent by creating the constitution. Believe it, America is a miracle. I love this country and I will never shut up about it. Anyway, it's not anti-mask. If you reduce this entire video to that scene and miss the metaphor behind it, well, the good news is it's still America. So you have the right to have and even print your own fucked up opinion. Unquote. <laughs> That's See, a powerful message. And, and now I picked this as my number one, not having seen that video. And not even knowing that, I guess, you the haven't background. seen that video? I don't think so. And not having oh, even you're understood. You're missing out, man. And that's my point, is I don't even know the background to the lyrics. The lyrics, to me, first I was hearing superhero stuff, and I think it kind of, on the top level, got lost on me. But that may have been just because of just, like, ingesting all of this band at, at once. But now I'm even more happy to have had this as my song number you one. You are watching that video before we leave yeah. here today. Jake, <laughs> as we play the song, I am not going to play it from Spotify. I'm going to play from YouTube, so mm -hmm. step over here, and we're going to watch the video as we, <laughs> okay. we do this. Okay. But number five overall, Living the Dream off of Fate. Let's listen. They say the road to hell is paved with good 
So that was number five, living the dream. Now let's move on to number four. This is off of the way of the fist, which sounds like a kick-ass uh, Steven Seagal movie. If they hear I thought it was your uh, porno. <laughs> no, the title of this song was actually my first porno. It's called The Bleeding. <laughs> I apologize. That is so bad. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> well, Jake kind of oh threw up a softball oh, and I got hit. I set right. you up for that one. Boof. Okay, this is the number four song off of Way of the Fist. This is The Bleeding. <laughs> this is my number one song, this is even, although it's number four overall. And this is Gina's number 10. And Jake decided not to keep The Bleeding on his list. The guitar riff almost exudes a horror movie sort of vibe. The bluesy line over the top is great. And then the heavy drops in. Then the heavier lead follows. And I love the little run before the doubling of the musical line. The emotion in his voice, his pain is palpable. The emotions build until the release of the chorus. I like the spoken echoes in the second verse. And the solo is emotional as well. It's all about Ivan's ex-fiance and... Ex-band. And his former band, yeah. Motograder. This is the song that broke Five Finger Death Punch. Here's a quote from Zoltan. This is a song that opened the door for us. People told us that a band with a stupid name like Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> playing this sort of heavy music would never be on the radio. But this song got us on the radio and it became a top 10 hit. It opened doors for us. It's the last song we play at every show. It almost didn't even make the record because we <laughs> thought it was too light for the record. But thank really? God we did it because without the song, there would be no Five Finger Death Punch. It's amazing. Over and over and over again, the song that they want to keep out, the yeah. last second song, Ends they want to throw on the album. <laughs> yeah, There's right. a song that identifies the band yeah right i don't know how you don't have this on at least your number 12 jake well i know jake come on man uh, it's but, a, to me this song sounded like this was what connected me with motorgator like i heard his voice and i was like oh that's that the band that's the guy that i had that familiar voice and it all of a sudden kind of clicked to connect the two gotcha but it just wasn't as significant to me i guess to be in in the top 12 i love the the disparity between the softer vocals and then all of a sudden, it's a bleeding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that formula. I mean, that's what they do and they do it. Right. But, well. this is, but this is when there's, this is the way of the fist. So there was no formula. This well, is, it's the this, heavy this, verse with the melodic this chorus. This is how they created the formula. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gina, we haven't heard from you. What do you think? It's on your list. Go for it. What I like most about this song, lyrically, it just feels like breathing a huge sigh of relief after leaving a toxic relationship. Sure. Whether it be romantic, family, parents, brother, sister, you know, everybody has those toxic relationships nowadays. Well, there's a quote, Ivan Moody. When we were over in Iraq playing our USO tour, I had one soldier come up to me and he laid a burnt iPod down on the table. He didn't ask me to sign it. He wanted me to keep it. I looked at him a bit funny at first. He told me one of his closest friends went out on a mission and didn't make it back. Let's leave it at that. When they found him and his things, his iPod was stuck on the bleeding. The last thing he was listening to before he went was one of our songs. I wow. literally teared up. Wow. Such incredible power behind that. So that for me was like another reason why this was on my list. Yeah, no, I totally mm. agree. Mm -hmm. That's a great tune. 
Yeah. And it's the number four overall, so it's got to have some bite to it. So let's listen to The Bleeding off of The Way of the Fist, our number four song overall. Let's listen. Okay, that was number four, The Bleeding. Very good song. Love it. Love it. So let's move to number three. This is on two of our lists. It's on Gina's list. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, seriously, you guys are killing me. It's on Jake's list and it's on my list. The name of the album it's on is American Capitalist. And it's my uh, number two overall. It's your number seven overall, my friend. Okay, yeah. Under and over it. Mm-hmm. Musical groove metal. The intro is so tasty. I love how deep and solid the guitar tone is. I heard they tuned to be on a baritone. Oh, super this. heavy. Yeah, so that's how they kind of get that growl. Yeah. Right? The growl is so good in the verse. The chorus is so smooth with the tripling of the vocals and the adding of the effects on the vocals. It just sounds amazing. Jeremy Spencer's double bass kick drum is unfreaking believable in the song. The band toned down Moody's original lyric, which was written as, I'm fucking over it. Are you saying so instead of saying under and over it, originally it was a muffin over it? Mm-hmm. Oh. And they kind of reworked to that. Because yeah. I wondered that. It sounds weird. I'm under it. Yeah. That, that, I'm I under like, and over it. It's like, yeah. I'm freaking done with yeah, always the sideways. Always so around it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're done. Okay. It actually kind of works. I like that better. It kind of does, but I was not quite sure about the under part. Yeah. It's it's really catchy. And it's that headbang and riff right out the gates. It's just something that draws you in for sure right away. And I think that there's something special that last bar right before the course where they kind of go halftime, it's a great yeah. little touch that makes it extra if you're paying attention. I don't think most people pick up on it, but it's that little bit that just kind of like it cleanses your palate right before it goes into the chorus where you're not going to feel like it drop and do a half tempo thing and then it comes comes in and just kind of hits you. And it makes that chorus even stronger than, than it was originally. Let's listen to Under and Over from American Capitalist. The number three song overall. Play that sweet music, Jason Hook. I love that song. It's so tasty. Good tune. <laughs> Uh, it's so aggressive. Yeah. It's so good. That was number three overall, under and over it. We're getting to the top. We're getting to the pinnacle of five finger death punchness. <laughs> punchness. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's move more to the pinnacle. The number two song overall mm. is off of the F8 album. Ah. Uh. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wanted to do that. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Number two overall is The Wrong Side of Heaven off of The Wrong Side of Heaven and The Righteous Side of Hell album. This is Gina's number one song. This is my number three song. And Jake decided not to put it on his list at all. How? How, Jake? How could you not put this on your list? Which which one? Jake hates veterans. I guess. Jake hates veterans. Just because it's more ballady, you didn't put it on, didn't you? Didn't you? Let's not talk about you right now. Let's talk about Gina. Lead us off. Yes. Okay. Wrong side of heaven. This is by far my favorite because of what the song and the video stand for. As a veteran, I feel it's so important to get this message out there that so many of my brothers and sisters are struggling and really fighting for their lives on the home front. The number of service members and veterans suffering from PTSD and homelessness is no exaggeration. And without adequate help and reform in the VA system, it isn't getting any better. Mm. And I know that firsthand. My, My mission in life is to be part of the solution to that problem. And I just love what Five Finger Death Punch did with this song and this video to raise awareness. I was in Iraq in 2009. And I know they did a USO tour in 2010, so it's sad that I just missed them. Who do you, who do you see over at uh, yeah. the USO? Who came during your so service? Toby Keith was supposed to come, but because of weather problems, he didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. That was in Afghanistan, so I was really well, upset by that. <laughs> he's had those problems, but he's taking Pfizer products, so he's mostly better. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> um, I did see Aaron Tippin, who is a country singer. Oh he actually came out on Thanksgiving, like nice. on Thanksgiving Day. Nice. So to me, that was like utmost respect to him totally. to come out and uh, perform mm-hmm. for us. Robin Williams came no out and did a set for us awesome. in Afghanistan. That must have been amazing. Yeah. That yeah. was fabulous. And in true Robin Williams fashion, I had a copy of Good Morning Vietnam, okay. a DVD. Yeah. And I wanted him to sign it. So as he's leaving, his entourage is like, no, 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 you can't get close to him. And he stopped and he came mm. up to me and he took my, my DVD and he wow. signed it. Wow. That's great. In true comedic form, I got back to my barracks or my tent where I was staying. And um, it was signed with a dry erase marker. Oh, oh erased? No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> did he know that? I don't know. Oh, no. I'm sure he did. I don't know. But yeah, I, I half of it like got rubbed off so i was trying to fix it with a sharpie and then i was like well now that's not authentic but i still have it i still have it and yeah. you had that copy with you like you you had it on i did in your, on your person yes oh wow well i because i knew he was there oh, so okay. i brought it hoping he would sign it and sure enough he oh did. my god it just really did we listen to the wrong side of heaven yet i don't think we did we have not uh, all right all right let's listen to wrong side of heaven righteous side of hell the number two song overall by five figure death punch let's listen Number two, wrong side of heaven, the righteous side of hell. And that leaves one song left. Holy crap. We rolled through this. It's amazing. I can't believe it. Is it the cover? It shouldn't be a cover. The cover is number one. No. But, really? But that said, this is a cover that 
every show they identify the crowd with they identify everybody there he's like listen i don't care who you are i don't care where you are but you're part of this i don't identify you as anything else but bad company and i'm bad company and you're a bad company this was on everybody's list this is the only song that was on everybody's list hmm. and at the end of the day that's what caused it to be number one hmm. my seven jake's four and the person leading this off with her number three song overall bad company off of war is the answer gina lead us off on bad company and why you think it should be number one or number three in your case i really didn't want to put this on my list because it was a cover. I felt really obligated to include this one on my list and so high up because this is the song that first introduced me to Five Finger Death Punch. This was the one that was played on our company runs when I was with my whole group and we would go out and prep ourselves and just really get ready for the run that was coming up. This was a good one for me. And I just want to send a shout out to all my brothers and sisters in the 114th out in Oklahoma to my company, the 578 Forward Support Company. Love you guys, miss you, and hope you're all doing well. Amen, Jake. This is the only cover that I put in my list. It's it's an already badass song and they inject that little bit of heaviness into it without taking away from it which i think is what they they really do well they leave it very singable and musical still inject that bit of heaviness where you're like oh man this is some like heavy groove they take a little bit of liberty with the guitar solo but all in all still a very good song i love zoltan and as he goes even though it's a cover song the song is very important to us we started to play this song live because on the very first record the band was rapidly gaining fans And when we became the headliner, we only had one record or so. We didn't have enough material to be a headliner, really. And we added a couple of covers. So we were playing this for a while. And it came back to the studio for a second album. And we were hoping to record it. It became our first platinum single. And most importantly, our interpretation, the video, we recorded at military bases across the world and gave it a different meaning. I hear all the time from military guys and veterans that this is the song they woke up to. Well, this is the song they listen to before they go out and risk their lives. Yeah. It became bigger than us. Hmm. Yeah. And speaking from experience, I can attest to that. So. Hmm. All right. Let's listen to the number one song of all time by Five Figure Death Bunch. Bad Company off of War is the Answer. Let's listen. That's a bad company. The number one song overall by Five Finger Death Punch. Now that we finished the list, we each have songs that were on our list, but didn't make the final cut. We call these songs that just missed the cut. So we're going to talk about them now. Let's start with Jake. So Jake. Well. You missed. Let's just go through it. <laughs> Jake, your number six was A Place to Die off of Way of the Fist. 
Your number eight was No Sudden Movement off of Got Your Six. Your number 10 was Jekyll and Hyde off of Got Your Six. Your number 11 was Falling Into Hate on War is the Answer. Only because A Place to Die is the highest ranking one above all those as my number six that didn't get mentioned. In the song, I, I catch some kind of the old school New York hardcore vocals that you're probably familiar with being your old stomping grounds. Sure. Um, in those verses here over a kind of a classic thrash metal sound. So I think this is kind of, there's a tip of the hat to the the old school here and this song that kind of stuck out to me. This chorus is maybe one of their best. It sounds like I, a freaking I actually, change. I wrote, maybe you have some insect that I didn't know. Maybe you know me a little bit better. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Daryl Roberts shreds on this though. Technical yet melodic, but I love everything he does on this song. Yeah. Well, the drums are definitely phenomenal on this song, and I'm always impressed when they can keep that kind of speed. Y'all killed me on this one. Only half of my songs made the cut. All right, Gina, you missed Blue on Black off of And Justice for None. You're number five. You're number six, Walk Away, off of War is the Answer. You're number seven, wow, Far From Home, off of War is the Answer. You're number eight, Coming Down, off American Capitalist. You're number 11, Never Enough, off of Way of the Fist. And you're number 12, Gone Away, over a Decade of Destruction. This is a hard one because I feel like some of these are really good. I can, I can see why the last two didn't make it, and I'm cool with that. But I think the one I'm going to go with is Blue on Black. And I think, you know, this is the closest thing you'll get to a country song on a Five Finger Death Punch album. Which one do you like the best, by the way? Mm. What do you mean? Like? There's the two versions of uh, Blue on Black. There's oh, okay, the, yeah. There's the oh, yeah, one on And Justice for mm-hmm. None, mm-hmm. and there's the one that's later on that has Brian May, Brantley Gilbert, and Kenny Wayne Shepard on it. Yeah. I just love it. I, I think the collaboration one okay. I like. Brian May just does an amazing guitar solo. And if you watch the video, yeah. it like he picks up that guitar and he looks like he is having the time of his life. I mean, Amen. he's just got this huge smile and just looks like he's just jamming out. I do love some really good hard rock as evidenced by this list, but I also like some good country music too. So this song just really reminds me of like a hard version of Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive. It just kind of has a little bit of that vibe to it. I picked this song to talk about because the video highlights first responders and honors their service in events such as 9-11, the Boston Marathon, Route 91, and the California wildfires. So proceeds from this song are donated to the Gary Sinise Foundation. Mm And they've donated well over $150,000 for this cause. So I, I feel like that's why I wanted to talk about this one. If you haven't gone to watch the video, go watch it and help support that cause. And Gary Sinise and his foundation are really amazing. I actually saw his band a couple years back at the VA here in L.A. It was just a really great show. Like he just shreds. Is it Lieutenant Dan yeah. Band? The Lieutenant yeah. Dan Band. That's yeah. it. Yep. Okay. Now it's on to my list. <laughs> All right, I missed number four, White Knuckles, off of Way of the Fist. Number six, Wash It All the Way, off of Got Your Six. Number 11, Jekyll and Hyde, which was also on Jake's list, Got Your Six. And number 12, Way of the Fist, off of the Way of the Fist album. I don't know. Um, this is this one's going to be hard, I think. 
between white knuckles and wash it all the way i'm gonna go with wash it all the way i love the intro riff very melodic it mm. sets it apart versus heavy but it has that groove and i love ivan's growl here in the the way he attacks the wash it all the way the pre is really good where he goes i hate it chorus is very catchy and it flows so smoothly to the turnaround the solo is solid but it gets better as it goes along especially the part before the final run it's just fantastic so listen to that so we made it through the top we did okay let's remind everybody what our dirty dozen was the official dirty dozen all right number 12 was remember everything number 11 was when the seasons change number 10 was inside out number Nine was Lift Me Up. Number eight was War is the Answer. Number seven was Dying Breed. Number six, Burn It Down. Number five, Living the Dream. Number four, The Bleeding. Number three, Under and Over It. Number two, Wrong Side of Heaven. And number one, Bad Company. Thank you all for being a part of this. I, I thank you for yeah. everybody who's made it this far in the podcast. I truly <laughs> appreciate all of you. I, I truly ask one small favor. And you get to choose the one small thing. Either click like on this podcast in the podcast app you're using, whether it's iHeartRadio or Apple Music or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this. Just click like or... I think Apple Music, it's stars. Just give it five stars if you can. That'd be wonderful. Uh, or forward one of our podcasts to somebody who you think would enjoy it. And that's it. And I truly love you guys. And this is the final episode that you all voted on for last season. Oh. So this is our final band for the season. But we're going to be doing the 90s. 90s, yeah. Nice. Uh, starting in two weeks with 99. Jake. You've been the the staple through this whole thing. Thank you, brother. I know, yeah. Hey, I just like to uh, get on my pedestal and tell people about my uh, strong musical opinions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely do that. And Gina, thank you so much for being a part of this. It's so great to have you here. You did so. You killed it today. Uh, just thank you so much for having me on the show today. I this is my first ever podcast, so it was a really exciting cool. experience for me, and I'm just blessed to share this with you guys. Right. So coming in last minute, not having the three or four weeks that Jake and I had, that it was like a week before you're like, hey, I want to do it. I'm like, hey, you can do it. You're in. <laughs> uh, but you stepped it up, and you really, you really did a good job. Thank you. So if you're a praying person. Pray for Jake and pray for yeah. his lovely wife, Rachel, and their child coming soon <laughs> to the theater near you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. All right. And I guess I'll see everybody in two weeks with 1999. God bless. And I'll see you soon.